0: Every subscription will come with a free Heritage ham, $25 off, and Good Ranchers lifetime
1: quality commitment. That's GoodRanchers.com, code DailyWire. Today on the Matt Wall Show, ABC stages a ritual shaming of one of their Bachelor contestants who's been falsely accused of racism. And she, of course, goes along with the spectacle. Also, five lines including uh, more fallout from the revelation that the Catholic Church is apparently still Catholic. And Ellen Page, now Elliot. Has her breasts amputated? This is something we're supposed to celebrate. In our daily cancellation, a racism controversy that's caused CBS to shut down its daytime talk show and investigate. They've got to investigate it. We'll talk about that and much more today on The Matt Walsh Show. Now, at the beginning of this year, I didn't anticipate that I would end up spending, you know, a significant amount of time discussing The Bachelor on this program. The Bachelor is, after all, everything I hate about pop culture condensed into one reality show. The Bachelor is also everything I hate about reality shows condensed into one reality show. And it's still both of those things, all the more so recently. But the racial drama surrounding the show in recent months is so illustrative and instructive that it's, it's worth paying attention to on those grounds. Uh, it's become a stage upon which the macabre pageantry of cancel culture has played out. And all of the worst features of cancel culture, its cruelest tendencies, its most fraudulent aspects as well, have been on full display. So to briefly review, very briefly, before we get to the latest in this soap opera. Rachel, Rachel Kirkconnell was a contestant on The Bachelor. She eventually went on to win the show, which I think means that The Bachelor guy has to marry her or something. I'm still not clear on those details. But in any case... It came out that Rachel, three years ago, at the age of 21, attended an Old South-themed frat party. There was nothing unusual about that at the time. Those kinds of frat parties were quite common, though probably not common anymore, now that it's clear that attending such a party can ruin your life, so probably we won't be seeing those anymore. Of course, it was determined that the only reason a college girl would go to a frat party like that is that she hates black people, and so she was condemned as a racist. I mean, there's, there's no other reason, right? No one could, could conceive of any other reason why somebody would have went to that kind of party. She apologized repeatedly, but that didn't matter um, at all. And then the former host of the show, Chris Harrison, initially defended Rachel against the cancel mob and was accused of racism for defending her. And then he was promptly removed as host and replaced with a black man named Emmanuel Atcho, who used to be a football player, but now makes his living as a race-baiting TV personality. The Bachelor himself, Matt James, also a black man and a former football player, uh, turned businessman, uh, and so that, that about sums it up. I think that gets us up to speed. That's That's what's going on there. Rachel was canceled for going to a party. The host was canceled for defending the girl who was canceled. And that brings us to the special that aired on ABC last night. It was decided that apparently this whole issue with the frat party had not been hashed out enough. A month-long news cycle, hundreds of news stories, millions of people denouncing her, repeated tearful apologies. None of that was enough because nothing is ever enough. They had to bring Rachel on the air again to humiliate and degrade her some more. Now, Rachel, as far as I know, was not kidnapped and forced to take part in this spectacle at gunpoint. She volunteered for it, for whatever reason, perhaps still believing in her hopeless naivete that eventually, if she apologizes enough, she'll be forgiven and allowed to just move on with her life. What she doesn't realize, didn't realize, still somehow does not realize, is that she can't be forgiven because there's nothing to forgive. And the people she's asking for forgiveness from were not harmed or injured by her in any way, so they can't provide her with forgiveness. This is not about any alleged sin she committed and never was. She's not a person. okay? She's not an individual named Rachel in the eyes of the cancel mob. She is rather a white woman, or more to the point, a representative of whiteness. And her job is to be chastised and humiliated. And they'll keep doing that to her as long as she offers herself up to be the ceremonial sacrifice. So let's take a look at how the ceremony played out last night. Rachel was brought on stage, given yet another opportunity to apologize. Um, Somehow the apology needed to be given specifically to Matt James, who somehow has become the special victim of a party that Rachel went to three years ago before she knew him. Now, if it were me asked to apologize to Matt James over something like that, my apology would sound something like this. I would say, hi, Matt James. I'm sorry that you're a huge baby. Please get over yourself. And that would be it. And if Rachel had said that, I would be ready to build a statue in her honor and defend it from the mobs that come to tear it down. But that is certainly not what Rachel said. Instead, she said this. Let's listen. And I think that
2: you know everything up to this point. I think that you know exactly how I feel and- I really just want to take the time to say I'm really sorry and once I really tried to, to put myself into your shoes as much as I could, I really do think that our relationship was very strong and the love that we shared was very real, so for you to, to end things, I, I realized that that must have been really hard for you as well to wear. You must have been hurting. And I just wanted to say I'm I'm really sorry for not understanding that initially. Um, And then I'm really sorry that I hurt you.
1: The love that we shared was very real. Yeah, the love was as real as anything else that's going on here. And all the other emotions on display, as real as that. It would be so uncomfortable for me to be Matt James accepting this apology from someone who didn't do anything to me, it would be hard for me to do and and keep a straight face the entire time. I I would have trouble doing that. But he is such a narcissist that he actually thinks he deserves this apology. And so that's how he's able to, to stomach this and to keep a straight face. So was that enough? Had she finally apologized enough? Not remotely. Matt James, a grown man, was left tearful and speechless due to the trauma he suffered. And is still suffering from a picture of a 21-year-old chick at a frat party. The host gave uh, James some time to collect himself, but, you know, he could he could barely speak. And he, he, he tried to... He just was so overcome with emotion because of this picture from a frat party three years ago. Uh, he, he was trying to offer some kind of response, and this was all that he could get out. Let's watch.
0: Matt, how... Uh, how hard is this on you to sing... The woman that you love, that you loved, so torn up over hurting you and over losing you.
1: Um, I mean, it's, it's heartbreaking and it's devastating. It's, it's just, it's, it's just
2: disappointing.
0: Matt, there's so much more in your heart. I don't even want to, I don't even want to interject. I can see it in your eyes. What else do you want to share with her?
1: can't get it out. He just, he can't. It's so difficult for him. This is so hard. This is so hard for Matt James. So how hard is this for you, Matt James? How hard is it for you that this woman's life is over and that you helped make that happen? How hard is it for you that you, that you had to throw her under the bus? Was that really hard for you? I mean, that bus was coming and and you, you, you had to make the choice to pick her up and chuck her right under it. Right so the wheel just went right over her skull. That, that, that had to be, is that hard for you? Must have been so hard. So, so hard. If you didn't know the context, you might think that Rachel had shot Matt's dog or burned his house down. Or at least victimized him personally in some way. And in fact, even if she had burned his house down, I would still say that he needs to pull himself together and act like a man. But in reality, she didn't do a single damn thing to him at all. Remember, this man was a football player. Though he never made it off the practice squad. Maybe this is why. They didn't want some whiny, crying wimp in the locker room. Now, eventually, I can report Matt did pull himself together enough to manage to communicate in full sentences. And his message was that he's hurt and he's disappointed and he's not ready to forgive. He's not ready. He's, he's, he's so traumatized by this picture from a frat party three years ago. So he, he thinks about it every day. He's, he's losing sleep over it. He's tossing and turning at night, talking to himself. The frat party picture. I can't sleep. She has a lot of work to do he said. She's got a lot of work to do. He, as this amoral, soulless narcissist, he has no work to do, but she has a lot of work to do. And he can't do that work for her, he said. She's got to do it herself. Then she tried to hug him, and he turned her down as the last indignity. So they brought on this white woman, purely to humiliate her, And to humiliate her for being a white woman, because that is her real crime here, let's be clear. That's what she did wrong. What you're seeing in that picture, what she's doing wrong is having that skin tone. And yet everyone else on the stage is the victim, not her. And actually, I agree with that last part. At least she's not a victim. They certainly aren't, but neither is she. This is self-inflicted. She she has volunteered for this position, offered herself up for it repeatedly. This is how cancel culture survives and thrives. This is the fuel that sustains it. It needs not just people to cancel, and it's got a never-ending supply of those, and it can cancel anybody anytime. But that's not enough. It needs people who will go along with the whole ceremony, the whole charade, right? For for, for the, the whole human sacrifice, it's like the Aztecs. When they when they had a human sacrifice, brought them up the temple, put them down on the slab, cut their heart out, held the heart up, cut off their limbs, rolled their body down the temple steps. It was a whole ceremony they had to do. And it's a s- kind of similar thing here. Except the difference is the Aztecs would actually just put you in chains and bring you up the temple. You didn't really have a choice. Here though, they're not putting you in chains. You, you have to volunteer. You have to come out and say, all right, I'm here. Rip my heart out. They need people who will lay down and be carcasses for the vultures to pick apart. And it's never going to stop. It will never stop until until we all stop volunteering for that role. Until we all look at the mob and say, I don't apologize. I will never apologize. I don't care how you feel. And by the way, please kiss my ass. That's the only way. That's the only appropriate response. That's the only moral response to these lunatics. And that's the only way that any of this stops. Now let's get to our five headlines. I'll tell you about our sponsor is Policy Genius. You now, before Policy Genius existed, it was uh, really hard to quickly find affordable life insurance. A lot of hoops you had to jump through, a lot of red tape you had to clear, a lot of, uh, a lot of other things you had to deal with. But now we have Policy Genius, makes it a lot easier, and we know that spring is uh, springing as we speak, and it's a perfect reminder to tidy up and get your life in order. Why not start by protecting your family with life insurance? Policy Genius can help you compare top insurers in one place and say 50% or more. Once you find your best option, the Policy Genius team will set up your policy for you and answer any questions you have along the way. There's no excuse not to do it because they make it so easy and so cheap. Here's how you get started: first, head to PolicyGenius.com. In minutes, you can work out how much coverage you need and compare quotes to find your best price. Policy Genius makes it easy to compare policies from as little as $15 a month. You might even be eligible to skip the in-person medical exam, but you got to go and find out first. Uh, and Policy Genius, they have a five-star rating across thousands of reviews on Trustpilot and Google. There's a reason for that. It's a great service. So while you're tidying up around the house this spring, why not get your life insurance organized too? You could save 50% or more by comparing quotes and feel good knowing that it's something that if something happens, Uh, your loved ones will be taken care of. So go to policygenius.com to get started. Policy Genius, when it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. So the fallout from the Vatican confirming that the Catholic church is still Catholic continues. It's been a lot of, speaking of people being devastated and heartbroken and disappointed, you know, a lot of people have been saying that even so-called Catholics, I just read a headline uh, from a Jesuit, publication, of course, saying that so many Catholics, quote unquote, big air quotes around it. So many Catholics are disappointed in the Catholic church because the Catholic church announced yesterday that um, uh, according to the Catholic church, there still cannot be gay marriage. They can't sanction or bless gay marriage. Marriage is between a man and a woman. That's the biblical view. That's been the Catholic view for 2000 years. And it still is, hasn't changed. So it wasn't so much an announcement as uh, simply an affirmation of what has been the case for 2,000 years, a continued affirmation of this thing that has been the case all along, but it's being treated like breaking news, and so many people are disappointed, not because, again, not because they didn't know the Catholic Church's position. I mean, everybody knew, right, but because they assumed that the catholic church an institution that's been around for two, for two, for uh, 2 millennia would would change would, would would change according to the left's whims they assume that it would because everybody else does and and everything else is everything else is changing because the left demands it and they assume the catholic church would do the same catholic church isn't and so they don't know how to handle that here's don lemon don lemon had quite a take about this Um, Here's Don Lemon putting on his theologian hat and giving a little bit of a theological perspective. Here's what he had to say.
2: You got engaged to your fiancé, Tim, in 2019. (laughs) And this morning, and you guys are so cute, we learned that the Vatican has said that the Catholic Church won't bless same-sex unions, quote, since God cannot bless sin. They go on to say that this does not imply a judgment on persons. But I want to know, do you think this sends a damaging message and how do you feel about that, given that obviously you are now engaged and going to get married.
0: Well, I think there are, listen, I respect people's right to believe in whatever they want to believe in their God. But if you believe in something that hurts another person that or that does not give
1: someone the same rights or freedoms, not necessarily under the constitution, because this is under God, uh, I, I think that that's wrong, and I think that the the Catholic Church and many other churches really need to reexamine themselves and their teachings because that is not what God is about. God is not about hindering people or even judging people. Now, as far as I know, Don Lemon, and yeah, we'll get to that last line in just a second. I don't, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna just leapfrog over that. But as far as I know, Don Lemon is not Catholic. Um. So what? Why are we bringing him on to get his reaction to this, and why is he being asked? You know how how it affects him. How, how do you feel? How does it affect you? How, how are you feeling now that the Catholic Church is? What do you care? Who cares? Who cares how he feels about it? He's not even Catholic. It makes a difference. And even if he is Catholic, still, who cares? Oh, but he. But Don Lemon wants to be clear. You know he respects everyone's rights to their beliefs, right? Um, but your beliefs should align with his own. That's the one little qualifier, little little detail. He respects all your beliefs, and, and, and you should be able to have whatever beliefs you want as long as they are his beliefs. That's all. It's not too much to ask, is it? Just simply align yourself with everything that Don Lemon believes, and then you can have rights. But then he says, of course, that God is not about judgment, which is a really, really insightful and convincing take, um, as long as you don't read literally any page of the Bible. Because all you have to do, and I mean any page, doesn't matter, pick a page at random, pick up the Bible, skim to any page at all, Old Testament, New Testament, and you're going to find God judging, references to God judging, it's all over the text. Because as it turns out, God is very much about judgment. Very much. That See, that, that's part of the whole religion deal. At least, a, at least a, a, the, a theistic religion. As opposed to the godless, cult-like religion of leftism. Which Don Lemon, uh, of course, ascribes to. And he thinks that that should be the only religion anyone should have. But in, um, in uh, what are we, we going to call it? A traditional Abrahamic religion. Uh, yes, God is certainly about judgment. But Don Lemon feels fine. And this is any any left, especially in the media. You know, again, they, they think that, and this is what they really believe. They honestly believe that they should be able to s- s- sit there in front of the camera and simply tell the Catholic Church what its teaching should be. They can wave away 2,000 years of teaching. They say, oh, who cares about 2,000 years of... Thomas Aquinas, who cares about him, throw all that away. I'll tell you what your teaching should be. I've literally never even read the Bible, but I will still tell you how you should interpret the Bible. And according to Don Lemon, the best way to interpret the Bible is to chuck it into the incinerator. To ignore it. Um, Jen Psaki, by the way, was asked, about this at uh, the White House press conference yesterday about the Vatican and uh, said, you know, what what is the White House's response? She didn't have much of a response, but she affirmed that Biden does continue to support uh, same sex marriages, even while being such a devout, a uh, wonderful Catholic He's a devout Catholic. But he, but at the same time, he supports same sex marriages. Nobody's we're, we're never going to get that that thing where someone in the media actually asks Joe Biden how, how do you square these two things? So you're a devout Catholic. You believe in, in, in uh, the Catholic Church, supposedly. And yet, you reject the church's moral authority on a really fundamental level. Right? We're not talking about you have a disagreement. About, no, you, you, you reject the, 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 t- the church's teachings on abortion and marriage. Those are the, one of the the two foundational pillars of um, Catholic morality, Christian morality, and you reject that. So in what way are you a devout Catholic? I mean, you think the church is wrong about this, okay? So you think the church has no special moral authority, okay? So you're not a Catholic. And you don't have to be, you're free to be anybody, any, any religion you want, but you you can't be a Catholic while ejecting the moral authority of the church. By definition, you can't be in the same way that you can't be a bachelor and still be married. It's not like there's a law saying you can't be a married bachelor. It's not, it's not, it's not a law written in a book. It's a logical requirement. If you are one, you can't be the other. You can't be a Catholic who rejects the authority of the church. Number two, Governor Cuomo, speaking of Catholics who reject the authority of the church, is still not resigning. Uh, He said he's not going to resign, even with all the, the extra pressure. And here's what he had to say in explaining his decision to remain defiantly in office. This is what he said People know the difference between playing politics,
0: bowing to cancel culture, and the truth. Let the review proceed. I'm not going to resign.
1: Yeah, I want to be clear, that is not cancel culture. So we do have a problem of people appropriating, to use a popular term, uh, the, the, the cancel culture concept. And we're getting this a lot from politicians, too, that they're victims of cancel culture. And we, we hear it on the right and the left. That's not cancel culture. When you're embroiled in a scandal and Governor Cuomo has two of them, one being way more serious than the other one because one involving the deaths of thousands of elderly people and the other involving inappropriate comments made to women. So, but he's got two of them and he's embroiled in that and, and he's, and he's facing backlash for that. That's happened to politicians since time immemorial. That is not cancel culture. And if you're a politician on either side, you're always going to have people who want, who want you out of office, who are, it's their whole, their whole job is to try to dig up dirt about you, destroy you. You volunteer for that when you become a politician. That's not cancel culture. Cancel culture again. There, there, are, there are certain hallmarks of it, and it is a uniquely, it's a uniquely modern phenomenon, and it's uniquely leftist. There may have been you go through history. There have been ver- the Salem witch trials. There have been versions of, uh, of if you want to call cancel culture. But in our in what we're referring to, in modern society. And as I've said many times it's very it's very important to clarify cancel culture is a leftist phenomenon because it's all about institutional power and they have the power to because they control the institutions they can control your destroy your career destroy your reputation expel you from civilized society they have the power to do that conservatives even if they wanted to do it can't do it So conservatives, even if they wanted to have their own cancel culture, don't have it. Because they don't have the power. We don't have the power. Leftists do. And we also know another really important part of cancel culture is that it is performative and fraudulent. And you're destroying people um, who either didn't do anything wrong, or even if they did do something wrong, the response to that infraction is way out of proportion. And the canceling is being spearheaded by people who are not really affected by it. In this case, there's nothing out of proportion here. Especially given, again, that first scandal that involved killing a bunch of elderly people, trying to remove him from office, is not out of proportion at all. So that's not cancel culture.
2: This show is brought to you by Helix Sleep. Sleep, especially as you get older, is so critical but no two people sleep alike. That's why Helix offers several different mattress models, each designed for specific sleep positions and preferences. Go to helixsleep.com dailywire and take their sleep quiz to find the mattress made for you. Whether you're a side sleeper, a stomach sleeper, a hot sleeper, or a cold sleeper, Helix has just the mattress for you. I took the Helix sleep quiz and was matched with a Helix Midnight mattress because I wanted a medium firmness and I sleep on my side. I am sleeping so much better on my new mattress. Don't want to take my word for it? Well, Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Take the quiz and order the perfect mattress right to your door, shipped for free. It's so quick and fun to unbox and you won't believe how well you'll sleep. All Helix mattresses come with a 100-night trial and a 10- or 15-year warranty. Helix even offers financing options and flexible payment plans. A great night's sleep is never far away. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and a free bedroom bundle for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash dailywire and use code HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. That's helixsleep.com slash dailywire, code HELIXPARTNER20.
1: All right, number three, sad news to report. This is from the Daily Wire. It says gun control activist David Hogg pledged to launch a progressive competitor to MyPillow, but just one month after the company's soft launch, so to speak, Good Pillow, which is what he wanted to call it, has yet to debut a product, and the Good Pillow trademark belongs to someone else. So it's only been one month, uh, but especially because I guess he never trademarked Good Pillow. He, he announced that that's a that's a rookie mistake. I'm no businessman myself, but I'm that that much I know. If you're gonna announce something like that. And you want to get the trademark first. You didn't get the trademark. Someone else took it. And it looks like good pillow is not going to happen. I'm very disappointed by that. Turns out that a pillow company started out of spite and purely for political reasons, a politically motivated pillow company, not going to have a lot of success, it turns out. And you could say that, we you know, my pillow, you know, there's the, the, the owner of my pillow has a political viewpoint, but the company wasn't founded on that basis. It was founded in order to provide good pillows to people, actual good pillows. If politics is your whole point and not the product, it's not going to be a good start. All right. Number four, this is from page six. It says Elliot page revealed that, and I'm, I'm going to read, I'm reading from the article. And so this is, this is why I'm This is the language they're using. Elliot Page revealed he underwent top surgery as part of his transgender journey. The Umbrella Academy star said the surgery, which removes breast tissue to produce a more masculine appearance, was life-changing. He told Time magazine, it has completely transformed my life. Page said the surgery didn't define being trans, but provided him with freedom from the total hell that was puberty and allowed him to finally recognize himself when he looks in the mirror. Okay, that's page six. Um, so Elliot Page, which I have no problem saying, because again, you can, you can choose whatever name you want. Elliot Page uh, removed her breasts. Now, what, what I'll say, this to me seems really, really common sense. It should be illegal for doctors to remove the body parts, amputate body parts from physically healthy people. That should, it should not be legal to do that. And this is not about restricting what individuals can do to themselves. It's about restricting what a doctor can do to someone else. And there are all kinds of laws governing that, right? There are all kinds of laws determining what a doctor can do to somebody. And there needs to be laws. This should be one of those laws. If I walk into the doctor's office and say, "Um, hey, can you chop off my left arm? And it turns out that there's nothing wrong with my left arm whatsoever. There is no circumstance where they should actually do it or be allowed to do it. If I want my left arm chopped off, that's an indication that there is something wrong. And assuming it's not physical, if they find out it's not physical... Yes, there is something wrong, but but there's something going wrong in my brain. And so that's what needs to be treated. The correct response from a doctor would be to get me into counseling. We could look into other kinds of medication uh, to, to, to find out what the real issue is here. But we know that the real issue is not my arm. So there's no scenario where the doctor should actually take my arm off. If there's a mental issue, it should be treated on that basis. I said this on Twitter earlier, and a whole bunch of people, including so-called conservatives, rushed in to defend a doctor's right to amputate healthy body parts from physically healthy people. Because that's what conservatism is now. Uh, we're even conserving that, I suppose. And one of the arguments I encountered was that, well, w- this is uh, this is just like plastic surgery. Would you say that plastic surgery should be illegal? Now, personally, it wouldn't bother me that much if, there, if, if we did have some more laws governing even plastic surgery. Because I think there's a lot of... Um, I think the plastic surgeons can oftentimes take advantage of people, you know, someone who's had 50 procedures already and, and doesn't even look human anymore from all the plastic surgery. They obviously have mental issues. That person comes in for more surgery. Yeah, I think that there should be a cutoff point where the doctor has to say, just like a bartender is going to cut you off. Even though you're, you know, you, you are an adult, consenting adult, at a certain point, the doctor's going to say, the, the bartender is required to say, no, we can't serve you anymore. We can't. So yeah, I'd be fine if there were more more laws governing that with plastic surgeons, but we don't even have to get into that because this is a very different thing. See, I would say that there is definitionally a huge difference between uh, enhancing, quote unquote, someone's body part with silicon or whatever and removing a body part. And the difference is kind of like the difference between getting a tattoo on your skin and having your skin peeled off. If I went to the tattoo artist and said, no, you know, um, my whole arm, can you just take all the skin right off? I think the tattoo artist should be legally required to say, no, I'm not going to do that. But if you want to put something on my skin, fine. Not everyone would agree with that decision. But yes, that is a decision that uh, a person should be free to make. I think there's a pretty clear distinction there. Uh, So I I just think that this is a, it's, it's a sad story about Elliot Page. And there are a lot of sad stories like this. Number five, the Pacific Daily News reports, um, Delegate Michael San Nichols and the Guam National Guard visited Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene after she falsely suggested that Guam is a foreign territory unworthy of aid. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, Georgia Republican, suggested that Guam was a foreign land during a speech at the Conservative Political Action Conference 2021 in Florida. Uh, And the response here from the delegate is to bring the Guam National Guard in uh, to talk to Marjorie Taylor Greene. They got it on film. So this 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 politician is walking in. He's got he's, he's flanked by these National Guardsmen, using them as political props in order to score a dunk on uh, on Marjorie Taylor Greene. So this is yet again. This has been the theme over the last two weeks. Is the military being used as political props? and using itself as political props, volunteering to be used in that way. We're only two months in, and the military under Joe Biden has managed to disgrace itself in truly unprecedented ways. We have not seen anything like this. Uniform military personnel in official capacities, openly, being openly political. That's what we get from uh, Joe Biden's administration. All right, let's move on to reading the YouTube comments. Max says, the military removing their gender-neutral physical test is just like affirmative action, but for gender. Lowering expectations in the name of inclusivity. That's exactly what it's like. That's exactly right. Uh, Mario says, I'm just commenting to see if it gets on reading the YouTube comments. I'm a generous man, and I've no doubt made your life, Mario. You can die a happy man. You have made it onto reading the YouTube comments. Anna says, Matt, you would be so proud of me. I was going through the drive-thru the other day to get coffee. And when I got to the window to pay, the woman informed me that the car in front of me paid for my drink. I responded, that's awesome. Still holding my drink. She hesitated as if she expected me to say that I would pay for the person behind me. Instead, I reached out and she reluctantly handed me my drink. I told her to have a great day and drove away smiling because I broke the chain. Well done. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Anna, for your service. This is what people need to do. Rising up as one voice against the uh, pay it forward drive through chains. Accept the charity, right? Someone someone paid for your drink. Accept it. That's the right thing to do, actually. Uh, and uh, and go about your day. So well done. Um, Keenan says, Matt, didn't you say that daylight savings was stupid because it was just a New Zealand man who was trying to collect bugs? You had a lot of people calling me out on this. Yesterday, I, I, I came out in favor of daylight savings time. Um, and said I'm, I'm a fan of it on the basis of it's a tradition. It's the tradition of our forefathers, it's a mysterious tradition. Nobody knows exactly why we do it, but we do it. And, you know, I, I think there's something quite beautiful about that. And I got called out by a lot of people in the comments pointing out that a year ago I came out against Daylight Saving Time and said it was incredibly stupid. We should stop doing it. Well, you know what? I am free to change my mind. I have evolved as a person. I've, I've, I've learned to see things through a new perspective. And you have to give me room to do that. You have to give me room to grow as a person. And I'm not going to apologize for that. And you're banned from the show. Uh, Lush Uncut says, Your pronunciation of Migan the Stallion is probably the funniest thing I've heard thus far this week. I don't know what you're referring to. I don't know what's wrong with my... That's how you pronounce her name. So before we get to our daily cancellation, I want to tell you about the true underdog podcast. Raised in trailer park with no clear path to success, kicked out of high school multiple times, and faced with becoming a father in his teens, Jason Waller is the definition of a true underdog. After hearing the words no or you can't too many times, he unleashed the power within to start three successful companies with his most recent venture, Power Home Solar, skyrocketing on a path to becoming a billion dollar enterprise. So you can join Waller, a four time entrepreneur of the year, as he shares motivational tips and inspiring stories and business building lessons from the ground up. He shares his life experiences and that of his high profile guests to help others better themselves. Now as Waller will tell you, there is no elevator to success. The climb only happens one step at a time. So you can let every True Underdog podcast be the step that elevates you. You can learn about failure, learn about entrepreneurship, learn about never quitting or making excuses, learn all the tips and secrets that you need to build your own successful business and learn it from the experts. It's real, it's raw, it's motivational. It's what you need to hear. So here's what you need to do. Check out True Underdog podcast at trueunderdog.com or anywhere you get your podcasts. And, you know, we've been talking about this for uh, a while now, but we're finally here. Candice. Candace Owens' new show, which is called Candace Appropriately, is debuting on Friday, March 19th. Uh, it's the premiere of the show, and we're so excited for you guys to check it. I'm so excited to see it myself. It's no secret that Candace has ruffled some feathers along her career. We all know that. And um, you know she gets people talking, and she's going to do that with this show. So you want to be a part of that. And if, you, and if you're going to be a part of it, what you have to do is uh, become a Daily Wire member because the show is exclusive to Daily Wire members. If you aren't a member yet, go to dailywire.com slash subscribe and use code Candace for 25% off. That's dailywire.com slash subscribe. Use code Candace for 25% off. Now let's get to our daily cancellation. So today we have a number of people to cancel, all starting with and connected to Megan Markle, who is also canceled. And we'll begin with the latest Markle news. According to various media reports, Markle is planning to run for president. Uh, These reports actually go back several months as she's reportedly been been networking with Democrats for a while now, putting together a team. Her plan, we're told, is to jump into the race if Biden uh, doesn't run for a second term. And we know that by 2024, Biden will most likely be wheelchair bound and catatonic, which would seem to preclude him from another run. Then again, with modern deepfake technology, maybe a little bit of ventriloquism, they might be able to have him run even in that state. We don't know. But in any case, the point is that, that Markle has eyes on the presidency. And this raises a few questions. Principally, what exactly has this ridiculous woman done in her life to qualify her for the presidency? She acted on the USA Network, then divorced her husband and married a prince. That's the extent of her resume. I'm not sure that's enough to qualify her to be the assistant manager at Pottery Barn, much less the president of the United States. The other question is, how does a presidential campaign fit with Meghan and Harry's professed desire for privacy? I mean, something seems a little off here. Meghan says that she was traumatized by all the media attention and scrutiny. So her solution was to move to Hollywood, sign a Netflix deal, do a primetime interview with Oprah, and then run for president? I mean, it's almost as if this woman, far from being traumatized by the attention actually desires it more than she desires anything else in the world. It's almost as if this woman, in other words, is totally full of crap. But of course you can't say that because this woman, in addition to being an attention-starved fraud, also has a magical bubble around her that protects her from criticism. She is a victim. Despite being richer than you, more famous than you, more powerful than you, you still owe her your pity. If you don't want to have pity for her, then the other approved emotion, the only other approved emotion you're allowed to have is admiration, pity or admiration or both. And admittedly, it's a strange combination. It might seem difficult to see somebody as both a sad and pitiful character and also strong and impressive and admirable. Like It's kind of, for me, it's one or the other, but this is often how it goes these days in a culture that idolizes victimhood. Now, this bubble around Meghan Markle must be respected. Those who don't respect it Those who would dare publicly criticize Her Her Royal Highness, the Queen of All Victims, will face serious repercussions. For example, Piers Morgan, as you probably heard, was forced to step away from his position on the show Good Morning Britain after criticizing Meghan Markle. And he was a repeat offender, we should note. He repeatedly criticized our Blessed Mother Markle, and such blasphemy could not be allowed to stand. But as we've learned, if someone is accused that we just talked about at the beginning of the show, if someone is accused of being racist, and of course, Pierce Morgan is racist for disliking Meghan Markle, because that's literally the only reason that anyone could possibly dislike her. But if somebody is accused of that crime, you will also reveal yourself to be a racist if you defend that person. That's how the dominoes fall. And that is why now Sharon Osborne, co-host of The Talk on uh, CBS, finds herself at the center of a public firestorm. In a recent episode, Osborne, who's friends with Morgan, made the mistake of defending him from baseless slander. The conversation with her co-host, Cheryl Underwood, got pretty heated, uh, and they were disagreeing, God forbid. Let's listen to that.
2: I want you to hear from me.
0: I will ask you again, Cheryl. I've been asking you during the break. I'm asking you again. And don't try and cry, because if anyone should be crying, it should be me. This is the situation. You tell me where you have heard him say, educate me. Tell me, when you have heard him say racist things, educate me, tell me.
2: It it is not the exact words of racism. It's the implication and the reaction to it. To not want to address that because she is a black woman and to try to dismiss it or to make it seem less than what it is. That's what makes it racist, But, but right now, I'm talking to a woman who I believe is my friend, and I don't want anybody here to to l- watch this and say that we're attacking you for being racist, and uh, and, and that and and for that, uh, if I articulated anything, I think it's anything, too
0: late. I think that
2: okay, seed's already sowed. But that that is why I'm saying for <laughs> me.
1: I love how British people say again, again. I do like that. But anyway, Sharon. Um, wanted to be given a specific example of Piers Morgan saying or doing something actually racist. This seems like a reasonable demand. If you're going to publicly accuse someone of of anything, especially racism, the onus is on you to substantiate that claim. This is not only a moral obligation, but a legal one. If you're going to make an accusation against somebody publicly, you better have some reason behind it. Sharon asked her co-host for substantiation, And what she was told, here's the exact transcript. We just heard that, but here's sometimes it it, it helps to to, to look at the words written out or hear it again. Um, Here's the exact transcript of what Sharon Osbourne's co-host said to her in regards to the the, the proof that uh, Piers Morgan is racist. She said, it is not the exact words of racism. It's the implication and the reaction to it to not want to address that because she's a black woman and to dismiss it or to make it seem less than what it is. That's what makes it racist. Oh, okay. Well, that's what makes it racist. Well, okay then. Does anyone have any idea what that means? I'm not trying to be funny. I honestly have no clue how to interpret that. It's not coherent. What does that mean? There isn't even one fully coherent thought in that sentence or paragraph or haiku or whatever it was. It's nonsensical. And it was a long, nonsensical way of saying, no, I have absolutely no evidence to support my claim that this person is racist, but I'm going to keep making that claim anyway. Sharon Osbourne was right to be angry. I would even say it took some courage and some character to speak up and defend her friend in that way. I would say that if not for the entirely predictable events that ensued from there. CBS announced that it was canceling its live shows for the first part of this week as it launches an investigation into that on-air discussion. They're going to investigate that discussion that we just watched. What is there to investigate? What could the investigation possibly consist of? Are they going to bring in CSI detectives, maybe draw a chalk outline on the stage to show exactly where Sharon Osbourne committed emotional murder of her co-host by disagreeing with her? Who knows? All we know is that it's the lead up to Sharon either being canned or or reprimanded in some other way. And and the thing is, she knows it there. She said it. She's like, "That, that ship has sailed. You've already accused me of racism. I'm done. And I would, again, appreciate it so much if she just realized that and said, you know what, you, you, you've already done it, so I'm, I'm not going to play this game anymore. But she didn't. She, uh, Sharon did issue the groveling apology that everybody expects. She wrote in a statement, after some reflection, after sitting with your comments and sitting with my heart, sitting with my heart. Well, it's good to sit with your heart. Uh, you know, I, I think really you should sit with uh, all of your internal organs. Um, generally, when I'm sitting, I like to have them all with me so I don't lose track of one. I like to sit with my with my, my spleen, even my kidney and my heart. But anyway, um, after sitting with my heart, I would like to address the discussion on the tick on the talk this past Wednesday. I've always been embraced with so much love and support from the black community, and I have deep respect and love for the black community to anyone of color that I offended and or to anyone that feels confused or let down by what I said. I am truly sorry. I panicked, felt blindsided, got defensive and allowed my fear and horror of being accused of being racist take over. And she went on for several more sentences about how much she hates racism. I mean, she super duper hates racism, you guys. She really, really hates it. And uh, she said she doesn't condone bullying or misogyny, which is a not very veiled way of throwing the friend that she was just defending straight under the bus. So much for courage and character. Now, keep in mind that Sharon Osborne is almost 70 years old. Speaking of plastic surgery, she has a net worth of 200 million dollars. Somehow, she could easily tell the cancel mob to piss off and and ride off into the sunset and live the good life for her remaining years. Easily do that. But she, like almost everyone else on the public stage, has absolutely no spine, no courage, no willingness to sacrifice even the slightest, smallest bit and is totally desperate for the approval of her peers and society at large. I mean, you probably wouldn't be hosting a show like The Talk at the age of 70 otherwise. This is how impenetrable the victimhood force field has become. Not only are you not allowed to criticize someone who's been deemed a victim, but you can't even defend the people who do criticize that person. And you can't defend the people who defend the people who criticize the person. No, you can't do any of that. Look, every culture has its idea of the sacred, right? Every civilization has things that are untouchable, things that must not be defamed or sullied. And for a strong and thriving civilization, the sacred is the divine, God. But for us, in our profane and stupid age, the sacred are the protected classes, the societally appointed victims. They are the ones you must not blaspheme or else suffer the fate of an apostate. Now, thankfully, in my case, I've been, I've long been an apostate in the eyes of the religious cult of leftism. So I can continue along saying apostate things. I've got nothing else to lose. And that's why I can say Megan Markle is certainly canceled. And so is Sharon Osbourne for caving and cowering and, uh, everybody else on the talk to NCBS and, and, um, anyone who watches that show is canceled. And so, okay. I think that about summarizes a lot of canceling to go around as always. And we'll leave it there for today. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Production manager, Pavel Vadosky. The show is edited by Danny D'Amico. Our audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is done by Nika Geneva. And our production coordinator is McKenna Waters. The Matt Wall Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. Liberal journalists are shocked to discover that the Pope believes in Catholicism. Cardi B jiggles at the Grammys. And the Washington Post corrects a major lie about President Trump and the 2020 election. Check it out on The Michael Knowles Show. Did you know a baby's heartbeat uh, begins at just three weeks? At five weeks, you can hear it on an ultrasound. By six weeks, the baby's eyes are forming. By 10 weeks, a baby is able to move his or her hands. I'm telling you this because when a mother who is considering abortion is introduced to her child via ultrasound, when she hears the heartbeat for the first time... She's twice as likely to choose life. And that's how Preborn rescued 200 babies every day. They provide mothers with free ultrasounds so that they can meet the life that is growing inside them. Preborn needs our help to save these precious souls. For just 28 bucks, you can sponsor an ultrasound and save a life. And if you become a monthly sponsor, you'll receive stories and ultrasound pictures that, uh, of the lives that you help save. All gifts are tax deductible, and 100% of your donation goes towards saving babies. To donate, dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, baby. Or go to preborn.com slash Walsh. That's preborn.com slash Walsh.